following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. That was my bad. I apologize. I stepped on my own intro music. So hi, guys. Um, good evening, and thank you for joining us. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, April 10th, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Tonight's show, as all of our shows, contains spoilers up to the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we'll start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week. AMC Plus does not count with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 and 10, 1 being, oh, my God, this is swill, get it out of here, and 10 being, this is perfect, please do this all the time. And we will also give commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free, so please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. Before I get too much further, I want to say thank you to Joan for making it in tonight, getting a chance to shake down her computer and her internet, so she's here to help and hang out. So thank you. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Tonight is episode 16 in the second third of season 11, followed by The Talking Dead, and I got news for you guys about which I am super salty. Talking Dead is not until 11.06, what did Joan tell me? Uh, 11.04, my bad, because they are showing a pilot of a new show called 61st Street, and I don't begrudge people having new shows, but AMC, I know you never listen to me, but I'm going to put it out in the universe anyway in hopes that you regain your sanity. Stop this crap of putting other shows in between Walking Dead and Talking Dead. Whatever show you put in there, I'm going to deliberately ignore. I'm going to turn it off and go away somewhere and wait for Talking Dead to come on because I don't care. And if you think that is going to boost a show that can't hold its own, maybe you shouldn't have spent the money to make a pilot for it. I'm just saying. So anyway, 61st Street is in between. Talking Dead is not until 11.04. And that's a shame because they got some really good guests on tonight. And I will get to that in a bit because I do tell you guys who's on. I don't usually do it at the beginning. So let's continue. All righty. Uh, there is no word yet on when Part 3 picks back up, though my guess continues to be Fall 2022. Number two, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 9, mid-season premiere, will return immediately follow, following Walking Dead mid-season finale, uh, Season 11, Episode 16, that's tonight. So Fear will resume on April 17th, next Sunday. I'm going to go ahead and go over my notes for other projects and shows that have been mentioned. I might skim over them a little bit, but I just want to keep you all pseudo-current since this is the last time we're going to 
talk about the Walking Dead Classic until fall. All right, number three, for those who may be behind, although most of you who follow this show should know better, uh, The Walking Dead World Beyond has ended several weeks ago. And that is it for that. There's a chance that stray plotline strings from that show might enter into later stuff, either with fear or the end of Walking Dead Classic or the possible movies that are still being talked about. Don't know. Uh Summer, no, not summer, but sometime in 2023, the fourth series is still supposed to be coming, The Carol and Daryl Show. There has started to be speculation that it hasn't yet been named because it's a ruse covering either a major death or other plot twist coming soon. I still stand by that that is possible because they're being awfully suspicious about it. Number five, summer 2022, we're still on target for a fifth show. The six-episode anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead. Filming began in 2022 in Buford, Georgia. And the first episode was directed by Satro, who has directed several episodes of both The Walking Dead and Fear. Um, in February, it was confirmed that Satro would direct three of the first six season episodes. Um, I don't know that they're going to be three consecutive but the other three are going to be directed by Haifa Almansur, Deborah Kampmeyer, and or Tara Nicole Weir. And she previously directed an episode of Fear. Channing Powell is a the showrunner. There may be more than one season of this. So we don't know exactly how that's all going to work out yet. That's a different setup than the other stuff. Uh, one of the things... I'll go ahead and go over this. One of the things they might show is the full plane crash from World Beyond's pilot episode, Brave. Uh, there may be stuff for Madison Clark. There may be stuff for Sasha. There may be stuff for Alpha. I've already told you the possible cast. Um, Terry, Anthony, Parker, Poppy, Jillian, and Daniela. If you need more info, poke me on the page and I can give it to you. Number six, Dead in the Water, the Fear Webisodes mini prologue. Um, that is still supposed to be coming out. It is the story of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six of Fear. It's a little vague what's going on. It's it, Okay, it is supposed to be active as of today only on AMC+. I have not heard from anyone who's seen it yet. That may just be they haven't gone to look. After this, this show is over tonight, I may go looking for it. I didn't want to have it ahead of time. Um, so anyway, it's going to be the story of how the USS Pennsylvania ended up how it did at the end of Fear. Since Fear's coming back next week, I guess we want to clean that up. Um, last, Maggie and Negan in New York, Isle of the Dead. Same opinion as I've had. Title is to Romero, and I really hope the rumors are false about them having a romance. There's so many people that are comfortable with it, and I just do not understand. I do not share your opinion. I actually am very alarmed about this. All right, day 38 p.m., call in to speak with the hosts at 914-338-0314. We'll be taking calls all evening tonight, but we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time before the live show. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, Join us in our live chat room where you can ask questions, chat, and you will also be able to listen to the show real time. 
And then you can go back to that same link and download the episode after the fact. Uh, we have the links we usually post on our social media and my social media. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go to each episode link later on and download the podcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Tonight's The Walking Dead episode is entitled Acts of God. This is the final mid-season finale of Walking Dead classic ever. The official AMC synopsis is, Maggie prepares to defend Hilltop and the people of Riverbend against Hornsby. Meanwhile, Hornsby hires Leah to kill her. Now, I don't have any additional synopses for you tonight. I actually could not find anything that wasn't spoilery AF. I'm very disappointed in you, comicbook.com. You used to be my Bible for these things, and you have sorely gone downhill. I got some very lovely pictures, but no additional synopsis commentary. Also... Obviously, if there's a Negan and Maggie spinoff, then we know partially how tonight's Leah's going to kill her thing is going to end up, or it won't end up. We know this much, clearly, unless that is also a ruse. AMC, I don't really like that you have so often crafted entire fake shows and other substantial information to throw us off track. It actually would be better if you just didn't bring stuff up at all instead of bringing it up and pointing at it and then doing something in the other corner. That's getting really old and exhausting, so please stop it. All righty. Writers and directors' profiles, it's 841. Going to check the chat room real quick. Um, Joan seems to be doing well with her computer and her Internet, and I do not want to jinx it, so I'm going to knock on laminate and make sure that everything's going in the chat room. Let's go over to my notes, writers and directors. Tonight's episode was written by Nicole Morante Matthews and directed by Catriona McKenzie. All right, first bio. Nicole Jeanette Morante Matthews was born in Seattle. I'm going to guess approximately 1970 based on her college info. She's supposed to be about 52. No shame in that. Uh, I'm older, let's just say. She has been married to actor Jason Matthews, known for Surviving Disaster, 2009, Lost Tapes, 2008, and Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus, 2010, since 2011. They've been married since 2011. They currently live in L.A. Nicole has a B.A. in Broadcast Communications, 1992, from Edward R. Murrow College of Communication at Washington State University, Pullman, Washington. Nicole's writing routinely explores the issues of race, class, and gender, and how each plays a role in society. Her first screenplay, Findy Bobby, was a finalist for the AMPAS, A-M-P-A-S, that's an acronym, Nicole Fellowship, Chesterfield Fellowship, and Fade In Awards in 1998. In 2011, her NCIS episode, Freedom, became the most watched episode in series history at that time, garnering more than 23 million viewers. Nicole is involved in community work throughout the greater Los Angeles community, serving as volunteer and mentor at the Holly Grove Children's Home. 
She also serves as a mentor and tutor to young screenwriters, inspiring and educating them about how to find their own voices and what it takes to become successful in the industry. She is a member of Sierra Club and Move On, one of the largest political action committees in the United States. Nicole is a strong supporter of WSU, Washington State University, we mentioned earlier, her alma mater, and the Murrow College, uh, her specific alma mater, routinely engaging with students. She began her career as a TV news reporter. That's kind of interesting. Nicole has a few miscellaneous crew credits dating back to 1995. <coughs> Pardon me. She has seven writer's credits other than Walking Dead dating back to 2001, including episodes of Law & Order Criminal Intent, NCIS, and Luke Cage. She has seven producer's credits back to 2006, including episodes of Huff, The Nine, Kane, Law and Order Criminal Intent, NCIS, and The Walking Dead ever since Season 10, Episode 1, Lines We Cross, as a co-executive producer, which was her first work at all within the franchise. She has been co-executive producer for 38 episodes since. Tonight is her fifth writer's credit for the franchise, the first being Season 10, Episode 2, We Are the End of the World, Season 10, Episode 12, Walk With Us, Episode 18, Find Me, Season 11, Episode 4, Rendition, and then tonight's episode would be number five. All right. Um, Joan has a comment. Between Maggie and Leah, my money's been on Maggie all along, so Maggie is an excellent fighter, but Leah is a trained mercenary. And quite honestly, what Maggie has been through shouldn't be a match for her. But I'm sure they're going to have some dramatically convenient excuse why it will be. I don't know if Leah's going to have a problem, and it'll be pure luck. Um, Joan says, everything's going good, and knock it on wood. Okay, fantastic. Let's go ahead and go back to our notes. It's 845. We've got time for quite a bit more. So, bio, new person, Catriona McKenzie. Catriona is a critically acclaimed, award-winning Indigenous Australian director and writer of both film and television. Mackenzie is an Aboriginal Australian woman of the, and please forgive me, I do not know these words, so I hope I'm saying them right, Joan. If you care to try to look them up and help me out here so I don't uh, step on anything, I would appreciate it if anything can be found. So there are two names, G-U-N-A-I slash K-U-R-N-A-I. Gunai Kurnai people of southeastern Australia. I'm assuming these are indigenous peoples of some sort. If you happen to find the correct way to say those words, I would love to show her that respect. Alrighty. Uh, Mackenzie received a BA from the University of South, New South Wales in 1990, but her film career was kickstarted by Lester Bostock's Australian Film Television and Radio School, which is AFTRS. Kuri course. The, this course is taught at that school. It's K-O-O-R-I, where she began by studying script writing in 1995. In 96, she then did an exchange at New York's University Film School, T-I-S-C-H acronym. I don't have what that stands for. Um, she spent a month of that time working for Ridley Scott's production company, traveling solo and running a cafe for dogs. She is a graduate of the AFTRS uh, with an MA in directing 
And one of her graduate films from was a short film, The Third Note, from 99. She graduated with honors in 2001 and afterwards studied screenwriting at New York University's Tisch School of the Arts. So I guess Tisch is not an acronym. Well, that would explain why I don't have what it stands for. Okay. Before her career in entertainment, Mackenzie played rugby, swam for Australia, started a circus, and sought out her birth parents in the midst of her pursuit of a Ph.D. Mackenzie credits her upbringing and wide-ranging life experience with developing her keen eye for people and their stories. But Mackenzie is not directing, writing, or producing. She enjoys spending time with her son, beekeeping, and restoring classic cars. She collects and restores classic 1960s-era cars, including an MK2 Jaguar and a Holden HR Ute, which... Uh, for those Americans who were never into the band Men at Work, that's a truck, <laughs> just so you know. Raised in Sydney, Mackenzie studied screenwriting and directing at AFTRS and NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. That's a repeat. And you know what? I don't think we need to repeat that. So I'm just going to give me just a hot second and let me take that out in case she does further work on the show. And then we need to read her bio again. So we don't have to say the same thing six times. Sorry, I pieced this together from about four different sources. So apologies for the repeats. Mackenzie's film Satellite Boy, which she wrote, directed, and produced, won multiple awards at prestigious festivals, including the Berlinale, B-E-R-L-A-N, like the city in Germany, A-L-E, Berlinale, maybe, and was nominated for the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Award, AACTA, for Best Film. Mackenzie received her second AACTA nomination for her series, Kiki and Kitty. She has spent the past several years directing several documentaries for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and winning such honors as the Best Short Drama at the 2001 Torino Film Festival, Best New Director Award at the St. Kilda Film Festival, and Best Direction, Australian Drama at Flickrfest 2000. Catriona co-directed Remote Area Nurse, R-A-N as an acronym, a miniseries set in the Torres Straits by Chapman Productions and was in post-production on Grange, a half-hour drama for ABC. These projects may have wrapped up by now. I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline. Equally adept at drama and comedy, Mackenzie has shot pilots for Australia's ABC and SBS networks and has directed episodes for Hulu, Netflix, NBC, Freeform, and all of Australia's major broadcasters throughout her prolific career. A member of both the Directors Guild of America and the Australian Directors Guild, Mackenzie is a recipient of the ADG DGA Finders Series Award. Mackenzie has been nominated for eight awards and won eight additional ones in many competitions around the world. Dedicated to developing emerging filmmakers, Mackenzie has mentored in various film education initiatives, including the Sundance Native Lab. She has numerous other credits, such as writer, assistant director, and more, recently for the show The Republic of Sarah last year in 2021. I'm, a, I'm checking in the... Okay, when we're done with this, we're done with this section, I'm going to pause and read you what Joan has to say since it's 8.50. I want to make sure we hear it. Um, she has three producer's credits and 37 director's credits since 2000, including Walking Dead. Most shows at first were done in Australia, but eventually she started directing TV in the United States. 
including episodes of Riverdale, Supernatural, Sabrina, and Shining Veil. The last I'm not familiar with, so we may take a little peek at that show. Directing tonight's episode was her first work in the Walking Dead franchise. Let's give both of them applause and thanks. Joan has some follow-up commentary about the Maggie versus Leah. She says, I agree that Leah should be more than a match for Maggie, but Maggie also has more at risk and thus more to lose. Fair. While Leah is a little unbalanced at this point, being driven solely by revenge. Also fair, although a little weird. Uh, Joan also says, given that Maggie killed Leah's people in retaliation for Leah's people killing Maggie's people, (laughs) it makes me wonder where it ends. Would love if Leah takes Hornsby out on a way out own way out to the exit though. I you know, I would love that too, although I suspect that Hornsby's gonna be in it for the next eight episodes or part of them anyway. Alrighty. I got myself a drink. Let's go to the next section. It is eight fifty two. We've got time. Trivia about tonight's episode, episode sixteen. It is the one hundred and sixty ninth episode of Walking Dead ever. Co-stars, Kian Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree, um, Gustavo Gomez as Marco, who's a young adult in his 20s, uh, part of Hilltop. Uncredited was not mentioned. Trivia for tonight. First appearance of Trooper Romano, first name unknown, played by Matt Bushell. Uh, though he was in a flash forward in season 11, episode 9, No Other Way, and season 11, episode 15, Trust. I guess this is the first time he's actually been focused on at all. The original plot summary summary for tonight's episode was as follows. In the very last mid-season finale for The Walking Dead, our heroes are trapped in situations beyond their control. Everyone they've worked so hard to protect is at risk, as danger baits them at every turn. All is at stake. Now they must decide who and what are worth saving. Each decision comes with its own deadly ramifications. Meanwhile, Eugene and Max's relationship deepens. Ooh, but so does the trouble that is brewing inside the Commonwealth. Alrighty, 8.53, so let's keep going. Last episode trivia, episode 15, was the 168th episode of Walking Dead ever. Co-stars last week, Ken Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree, Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes, Nicholas Velez as Theo is the male nurse at the Commonwealth that hangs out with uh, Ezekiel a lot. David Alexander as janitor, also known as Commonwealth Resident 7. All right, checking in the chat room. Nothing else to add for the moment. Uh, Uncredited last week, Angel Theory is Kelly. That's something everybody has remarked on. There was no reason to not have her credited. I think that was a poop up, and they should fix it or apologize or whatever you do. Uh, Jason Butler Harner played Toby Carlson, who is the ex-CIA ass in the episode Warlords. Um, There may not have been a reason to credit him because everything was either flashbacks or him dead. Uh, Terry Jo Kennedy was Teresa. She's been involved since The Well, episode two of season seven. She was a resident of the kingdom who later moved to the hilltop following the kingdom's fall. Months after the hilltop, subsequent destruction, she moved to the Commonwealth. Teresa, for Ezekiel, kind of represents the kingdom. She is one of the only people that has kept going since the kingdom 
to Hilltop and now is still here and going to the Commonwealth. So it's kind of personal and emotional for him to make sure that she doesn't die. Uh, Brandon Pagel, as Hilltop resident, also known as Survivor Number 94, Pagel, the Hilltop pickle maker, since Season 8, Episode 14, still got to mean something. Uh, that was kind of cute. Okay, Gloria DeWeese as Hilltop resident, Survivor Number 86 from Oceanside since Season 7. Lance Kilmer as Hilltop resident, Survivor 238 since Season 9. Lance also, by the way, portrayed two separate characters, a scavenger and a savior, who were both killed over the course of Season 8. Lana Haynes as a Hilltop resident, Survivor 212 since Season 11. Lane played a... Oh, Lane Hayes, pardon. Lane played a whisperer in season 10. Laura Kelly is Hilltop resident, survivor number 31 since season 7. Meredith Duffy Hale as a Hilltop resident, survivor 102 since season 9. Rachel Hernandez is Oceanside resident, survivor number 1 since season 7. I'm not sure why. Survivor number 1, but uh, anyway... Uh, Casey Shirley as Riverbend resident, Riverbend 7, no further info. Dean Grimes as Riverbend resident 4. Kent DeMond as resident 5. And Tamasha Bolden as resident 6. And it doesn't mention 1, 2, and 3 or anybody after 7. Last appearance of Toby Carlson as a corpse. This episode marks last week Kelly Fleming's 25th appearance on the TV series. In this episode, as we mentioned earlier, Angel Theory, who plays Kelly, remained uncredited and not listed under also starring despite having speaking lines. Deaths last week was one unnamed Commonwealth resident off screen. Uh, I'm going to have to get through this trivia quick. All right. Tonight's episode being last week, uh, that was 168th ever. Last appearance of Toby Carlson. The title of the episode, Trust, refers to Maggie's refusal to trust Lance Hornsby and and the range. I'm kidding. <laughs> and Daryl asking her to trust him instead. It also possibly refers to Mercer trusting Princess enough to open up to her about the events of the episode Rotten Core and Aaron and Gabriel trying to get Lance to trust their story about what happened at Riverbend, as well as Ezekiel saying he trusts Carol more than anyone. There's a lot of trust flying around. Uh, Kelly Fleming's appearance, already been mentioned. Angel Theory, not listed, also mentioned. April's full name is revealed to be April Martins, M-A-R-T-E-N-S, and she's on the list of names that Connie and Kelly had received in the episode Rogue Element. However, there are way more names on the list that just the people in suggestion had sent into Cooper's house. So we're not sure that that's the complete list. Ezekiel's cancer surgery was a success, and while he still has a ways to go with his recovery, his prognosis is good. Mercer's first name is revealed to be Michael. It's been six months since the events of the episode No Other Way, with the events of this episode tying into the six-month time skip at the end of that episode. It's revealed that the visit by the Commonwealth Army, Daryl, and Lance to the hilltop was to search for the missing riverbed residents and the weapons that they had supposedly stolen. Daryl drops an F-bomb in this episode, uses the word fucking when threatening Lance. Remember, this show is rated PG and we do have F-bombs. Uh, director Lily Marier celebrated her birthday during the filming of this episode. Recurring background survivor Terry Joe Kennedy, who has portrayed an unnamed kingdom resident since season seven, was finally given a name, Teresa, in this episode. She, she didn't have one all this time until then. 
Uh, there was one error. April's name on the list in Rogue Element lists her full name as April Kelly. But in this episode, her last name is now Martins. This is possibly a production goof for Rogue Element, or her name was changed at some point between the writing of the episodes. And that is the end of trivia. We will give you birthdays and more trivia at the first break, and we are about ready to go. It's 8.59, so let's watch the last mid-season finale. See you guys at the first break. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 9.02, and we're already freaking at the first commercial break. It was like 10 seconds of Hornsby looking around some compound that they bombed the crap out of, and they still are, and he steps in zombie guts. Um, I gave it a four, because I hate when they do that. If you're going to have an opening, have a freaking opening, and shame on you that you don't have anything good. Joan's willing to start with a five. It's not that usual that Joan is more generous than I am. Um, but tonight it's happening, and she also says, what the hell is he doing back at what looks like a deserted and destroyed, again, hilltop? I'm not sure that was hilltop. Maybe it was, but everything was kind of dark and hard to see, so I guess we'll find out if it was or not. Alrighty, <clears throat> 9.02 still. Let's go ahead into cast birthdays. We're already here. Benedict Samuel, who played Owen, the leader of the Wolves couple seasons ago. Uh, April 15th is his birthday. He's from Hamilton, Victoria, Australia. And Karen David, who is Grace and Fear, April 15th. I don't know her hometown. Um, but anyway, happy birthday to that. <laughs> and Joan reminds me that this is this generosity is not something that carries to fear. So it's probably... Last night's going to be the last time for a while that she gets that generous. And I understand. Okay. Uh, Featured music from last episode, episode 15, Nothing Was Identified. Unaccounted for characters, I'm just going to mention quick. Um, We still don't have accountability for Heath, for Rick, Georgie, and Winnie, the girl who ran away, which was a loose end in, pardon my hiccups, I'm sorry. Season 9, episode 14, Scars, where Michonne remembered being pregnant. Uh, Her ultimate location and fate remain unknown, and they needed to clean that loose end up. Okay, Talking Dead tonight, going to tell you, unless we're back. Well, we are back. I'll shut up. I'll tell you break number two. Thank you. Okay, guys, it's 923. Much apologies. My microphone did not fully go back on, even though I clicked on the button last segment. Um, Joan pointed that out to me, so let me go ahead and read you what I said last time. I did not mention to you guys, I voted, I went up to five and Joan stayed at five for the moment. Um, I did mention in this last segment um, that locusts are not common in Northern Virginia, and if they're still around, you know, Hilltop and Alexandria and all that, they're in Northern Virginia. I know about these things. AMC, do yourself a favor and pay me freelance to sanity check your Northern Virginia stuff and geography because you're taking liberties. Here's the thing. You know, okay, I'm not a fancy uh, professional writer that's on a fancy show on IMDb or any of that, but I freaking know this area, and here's my philosophy about writing. Um, 
it's fine to be, you know, use alternative universes of places that are real. But if you're going to use a named place in a story, there needs to be a purpose for doing that. And if you establish all these places as in Northern Virginia, you don't have stuff like Oceanside. It would have to be much further away than it is to do what it's doing. And they don't have locusts in Northern Virginia, and nothing has happened with the weather where that should have changed. Uh, Joan has mentioned she didn't think they were, and she was wondering if those were even locusts. She doesn't have experience with them. Uh, they have mentioned in the subtitles that it's locusts. <laughs> that's kind of a giveaway. I don't know if they're doing anything and that's just color or if there's actually a locust swarm coming and they're trying to make some biblical statement. I don't know. Um, I was trying to figure out where this dead vehicle parking lot was that they're raiding, and I'm still unclear on that, and Joan didn't really know either. That's fine. Um, maybe we'll figure it out in a bit. Uh, Joan says she loves that Daryl's back on Team Not Commonwealth. I don't, he, he was never on Team Commonwealth. He was on Team, I'm going to hang out with your team and find out your weaknesses and fuck you up because you period, people have been really aggravating me. All righty. Um, Joan also says she was five last time. She's going to five, five. I'm actually going to six because of Daryl. And all righty. So I've got the article that I pulled up for you guys, which was on, on Alpha being on Tales of the Walking Dead. And that's actually good because I messed up the name of the website. I didn't catch the joke until later. It's the Illuminati instead of the Illuminati. Um, so was, this was from February 15th by Caitlin Terrell. Tales of the Walking Dead, new anthology series to feature the return of the villain Alpha exclusive. And it isn't really that exclusive. Plus, it's not featuring Alpha. Every episode is something cool and interesting that we hadn't gotten to really get into detail with. Some will be prologues. Some might be epilogues. Some might be stories we just never got to tell, and they're kind of in the current timeline. It could be any of these things. All right, there's a Alexa, and then there's a Harry Potter-type commercial. Hold on just a second. Pardon me. Pardon, because when I mentioned that commercial, it made her go off. All right, so there's one of the new Harry Potter movies is coming out Friday, so now you know. All righty. Um, with this article, The Walking Dead is one of AMC's biggest hits currently in its 11th and final season. So that the series has become a massive franchise spawning four different spinoffs. There's been talk of more than that, but some of them seem to have died on the vine. I try to keep you guys updated. One of the upcoming spinoffs, Tales of the Walking Dead, is unique in its anthology style of storytelling. Um, just checking. Okay, no, we're still in a trailer. Tales of the Walking Dead was first announced in 2020 with a six-episode first season. The spinoff series will follow new and existing characters in what is sure to be a new look at the post-apocalyptic world. We at the Illuminati have been doing some digging and discovered one of the existing characters will be central to the, one of the six episodes of Tales of the Walking Dead's first season. Tales of the Walking Dead to feature an alpha-focused episode. Remember, we did get into her origin story a little, but not fully. All right, we are back. I'll see you guys at the next break. Thanks. Okay, guys, it's 936 
We are at break number four. Joan and I are both going up to 625 after all that. Um, I kind of expected Sebastian to knock the files out of Max's hand in the last scene. And I'm actually shocked he didn't, to be honest, because he seems to type. But phew. Um, Joan wants to add Sebastian to the list that it would be nice if Leah killed. And she says, I know she's nowhere near the Commonwealth, but a girl can dream, right? And it confirms what Joan was saying earlier that I was fuzzy on, that that was Hilltop, and it's pretty badly destroyed. That's really kind of a shame. Um, Of course, that it was a shame about the kingdom, too, and that in the environment they're in, these things are inevitable, and I'm just sad about it. Uh, So Joan and I are both at 625. Let's go ahead and go back to the article about Tales of the Walking Dead, because the last time we'll probably talk about it before it's on. We may talk about it while Fear's on, because I think it will air after Fear. Okay. Um, According to our sources, the villainous Alpha, first introduced in the ninth season of The Walking Dead, will be the focus of one of the Tales of the Walking Dead episodes. From what we heard, Samantha Morton is attached to return, reprising her role as Alpha. We've also learned that they're learning to cast another lead in the episode. Um, AMC is looking to cast a woman in her late 20s of any ethnicity to play Haley. Haley is described as intelligent, powerful, striking, and type A. Formerly the manager of a gym and exercise instructor, she's a natural leader and wants everything to be in order with everyone taken care of. While admired by many, she's inclined to overstep. Haley has a maternal nature, which is more prominent, most prominent around children. However, she has a tendency to be too trusting due to her overconfidence. Although details about the episode's storyline are being kept under wraps, it seems safe to assume this episode will likely take place before Alpha's introduction in The Walking Dead, given her gruesome demise in the 10th season. I also agree because we did get previews of her and her husband in that shelter with her daughter, and her behavior then would definitely have to be after encountering someone like Haley. So I think it's going to be a very early proto-origin story. Alpha proved to be an extremely cruel, sadistic, and formidable antagonist. As leader of the Whisperer, she and her group of ruthless survivors wore the skin of slain walkers in order to blend in with the zombified corpses of the dead. Um, There's Xfinity Mobile commercial, and I'm just waiting to see if that's going to go back into the show. Nope, we're in another commercial, so let's keep going just a wee bit longer. All right. Uh, Alpha believed that in order to survive, she and her people needed to resort to animalistic instinct, no matter how savage. And although she cared about her daughter, Lydia, she was also an extremely abusive and manipulative mother. Alpha is still largely a mystery with a real name still unknown. Well, that could be interesting, with, which makes her an ideal fit for this spinoff series, which has the opportunity to further develop the brutal antagonist. I kind of thought that, I thought that we had covered her name in the prequel but not really sure. My memory is bad. Tales of the Walking Dead is an exciting storytelling opportunity, especially with AMC COO Ed Carroll revealing in an interview with Variety magazine that this spinoff will be treated as a test kitchen. Should a specific episode of the series gain fans' favor, it could potentially lead to another spinoff. I get a little spinoff happy. Guys, I think you kind of need to slow it down a little bit. People are going to get burned out. A lot of them are already getting that way, especially because we don't know What's going on with Rick is what everybody's been waiting on. Variety also recently broke the news that Daniela Pineda 
has joined the cast of Tales, which I already told you guys. She joins an already impressive lineup, including, all right, let's do it, Anthony Edwards, Parker Posey, Terry Crews, Poppy Liu, and Jillian Bell. Tales of the Walking Dead is an exciting addition to the franchise, further developing characters that are still surrounded in mystery like Alpha, as well as introducing new characters and perspectives to this world. We are now back. I'll see you guys at break number five. Okay, guys, it's 9.49. We got about 10 minutes left-ish. Um, let's see. Oh, first thing I had said, let's go to the scores. Joan is going to 6.5. I think that's fair. I will, too. Uh, let me go back to the scores. So, uh, first off, I said, now I can follow how that opening scene could have been Hilltop. It didn't look right. Now I know why, because it's is after they bomb the shit out of it. Okay. Hey, Hornsby, you're starting to regret hiring Daryl's disgruntled ex-girlfriend yet? Joan says uh, she's going to do things her way, whether you like it or not. And now Daryl and them are headed in that general direction that Maggie is. So I have a feeling this is going to end up in Maggie and Daryl versus Leia, which is pretty badass. So let's see how all that's going to go. Um, at this point, I really, I, I'm surprised Leah is dragging on as a plot device. I don't know what they've kept her up for. Um, Joan agrees with me, and oh boy, on the article, cliffhanger. Um, and I wasn't sure for a minute when Maggie off that one walker. I didn't know if she was going to do a, you know, smearing the viscera on or what. And Joan said, uh, she better stop wasting the bullets, damn it. And then it ended the scene with Maggie and Leah wasting bullets and telling the others where they are. So it's going to be probably a shootout. And also with Hornsby and dudes coming. I I suspect it's going to be some kind of major cliffhanger because it's the last one they're ever going to get. Um, Okay, so let's take a couple seconds. 9.51. Let's see if we can finish this article out at least. Uh, do, do, do. Variety also recently broke the news. Now, I told you about who was already in the cast, so we don't need to do that part again. No, no, no. Um, Tales of the Walking Dead is an exciting addition to the franchise. Further developing characters that are still surrounded in mystery. I did read that before, but let's just wrap it up. Like Alpha, as well as introducing new characters and perspectives to the world. The Walking Dead is currently in its final season, but the story is far from over with fear Tales of the Walking Dead, and the reported Carol and Daryl spinoffs. This was written in February before they knew there was Negan and Maggie as well. Um, in 2018, it was announced the franchise would be moving to the big screen with a trilogy of films focused on Rick, although there have been very few updates on the progress of these projects. i got to be honest with you guys. I kind of feel like COVID destroyed those projects, but they didn't want to say it yet. They wanted to try to see if they could come back. I don't know. That's just how I kind of feel about it. The Walking Dead continues to grow even as the flagship series comes to an end, and Tales of the Walking Dead could prove to be the most intriguing uh, spin-off series yet. Okay, the rest is just blah, blah, blah. We don't need to go and do all that. All right, it's 9.53. We should be getting back to the actual series in just a hot second. Uh, Joan hasn't added any further commentary to the channel, which is fine. We're getting close to the end of this episode, and then we're going to watch that 61, whatever the heck it was, 61st Street or... 
you know, maybe it's a good series. I just don't like this splitting everything up thing that's going on. Here's a trailer for Fear. Madison's coming back. We know that next Sunday, 9 p.m. We'll be here. And this is another AMC trailer. And I think it may be the 61st. Who was it? Uh, that's going to be on after this. And like I said, you know, maybe it's a good series. I don't know anything about it. I don't know its premise, who's in it. I don't recognize anybody. I just don't stop coming between my Walking Dead and my Talking Dead. Just stop it. That's not going to make me watch your show. 61st Street. I'll be on in a few minutes. And we are back. I'll see you guys at the end. Okay, guys, it's 10.02. I'm going to end on 6.75. Joan's ending on 7. Mostly for the previews and the explosive third part coming this fall. The other things Joan was saying is um, we're all like, oh, shit, for Daryl shooting Leah. But that's a good one. Um, About time you got here, Daryl. Looks like another version of All Our War is coming uh, for the rest of the season, this time at the Commonwealth. Yeah. And the unfurling of the flag is very uncomfortable in Nazi overtones. And Joan says they're going to fall like the Nazis as well. Um, I'm going to very quickly, as a person who lives in Northern Virginia and has been all over the place, if they're up in Ohio, you cannot maintain a city across all those walkers from 400 miles away. I call egregious bullshit with the geography. And you guys really need to deal with this and stop pretending these cities aren't massively apart and impossible to run the way you're doing. All right, we're going to end on that note, uh, finish the article for you guys. So I will see you next weekend to start here. Joan, I know with great misgivings, I get it. All right, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next weekend. So good night.